uh, John chapter 19. If you'll turn there with me, John chapter 19. Uh, I guess we're turning. I'm not sure if it'll be on the screen. However, uh, you follow along, uh, if you will. We're still looking at messages from the cross. Uh, last week, we looked at the fact that the uh, greatest message from the cross from God to us is, I love you. Praise the Lord that God not only told us he loved us, he showed us he loves us. Uh, the message tonight is entitled, It is Finished. It is Finished. John chapter 19, uh, we're going to read verses 16 down to verse 20. The Bible says, Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha where they crucified him and two other with him on either side, one and Jesus in the midst. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. This title then read many of the Jews, for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city, and it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. And let's have one more word of prayer, and we'll get right into the message tonight. Father, we pray, dear God, that you would speak to our hearts uh, Lord, comfort, strengthen, encourage, convict. Lord, whatever it is, it is that we need tonight, we pray that you would provide it once again through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It is finished. It is finished. Uh, I'm going to tell you a, uh, a little story here real quickly. Uh, and just so you know, these messages that, that in this particular series that I'm bringing uh, on these Wednesday evenings uh, is a 14-year-old uh, series. I have not preached these messages in 14 years. 2006. And so uh, this story that I'm about to tell you about my, my daughter, Jocelyn, is 14 years old, okay? So uh, she's now 23, so that was, you know, quite a long time ago. She was around 9 or 10, somewhere in there. And so uh, she, is, uh, she really likes wildlife, our daughter, Jocelyn. Uh, everywhere uh, we go, even still to this day, she really loves wildlife. Uh, but back then, as a younger child, uh, she, she would always want to look at and touch and, and always want to purchase uh, things and, and ornaments that related to wildlife. Uh, if we saw a, a deer, uh, she would want to have that toy deer. If we saw a, a, a moose head, you know, a, a small toy type of a thing, she would want that. And whether it was a bird or today she, she really loves cats and uh, we, we love dogs, we love cats, we, we love animals, uh, she uh, to a certain degree likes them and loves them even more uh, than we do and she always has. Uh, she also likes, and still does to this day, she likes shopping at thrift stores, uh, thrift shops. And uh, she likes to be a bargain shopper and, and find things that, you know, normally would cost more at a regular uh, retail store. And so she likes to go to thrift stores. And back then, when she was younger, uh, she'd like to go to thrift stores and buy knickknacks of wildlife. And so this was a big deal for her. This is something that she, she really, really enjoyed. And, uh, and so she always uh, wanted to go to a thrift store. I remember uh, back then we lived in a, a townhome uh, in Baltimore County, and we would drive to the church where the girls attended school, and we would drive by a thrift shop every single day, every single day. And usually on the way home from, from school or church, you know, she would try to get me to go to Ryan's Relics. That was the name of the, the thrift, thrift shop. And she always wanted to go there and always asked me, take me there. Can we go there? I'd like to go there. And please, Dad. And, and, and finally, I said, okay, enough already. I'll take you to this, this thrift store. And uh, she begged me and begged me to go there. And then when we got there, of course, she's looking for knickknacks of wildlife. That's what she likes. 
Uh, she still does to this day. And so she found, uh, she found this ceramic deer head that was there at Ryan's Relics. And she begged me, she begged me to let her buy this ceramic deer head. And, uh, and again, it wasn't a large deer head that someone would put, you know, as a prize on a wall. It was a small ornament type of a thing. And, and so I told her, well, if you have enough money, if you have enough money, then you can buy this ceramic deer head. And so uh, we found out that that particular item cost $10.95. And so she did not have enough money to buy the ceramic deer head. And so uh, right now what we're going to do is we're going to transition. I'm going to stop the story there. We'll pick up the story here in just a minute. I want you to stay focused and stay with me. We'll close it out. We'll see what happened with Jocelyn at Ryan's Relics and the ceramic deer head. But tonight's message, it is finished. Uh, Throughout all of human history, there have been wars, there have been battles that have been waged and fought all over the globe. Uh, The purpose of those wars, the purpose of those battles differ in some ways, and a lot of times they're similar. Okay, different reasons why uh, people go to war, nations go to war, why battles are fought. Uh, Sometimes they're fought for land or territory. Uh, Sometimes there's nations fighting over uh, property and land. And sometimes there's battles and wars fought uh, to to fight for freedom from oppression. Uh, Sometimes those wars or those battles are, are fought just because of plain old pride. Uh, someone uh, refuses to back down or refuses to be uh, bullied or whatever the case may be. And, and we see these wars and these battles taking place throughout history. Now, we know that the reasons are different, and a lot, a lot of times the results are also different. Uh, these wars and these battles sometimes end, uh, and we'll see in a minute here that they all don't end. Some are still raging. Uh, some, are, uh, some are still being waged. Uh, but some of them end with one party surrendering to the other party. One nation surrendering to the other nation. Uh, So they can end in surrender. Or uh, there can be a stalemate in this battle or this war, uh, and they can end in a peace treaty. Finally, the two parties decide, you know what, enough's enough. Enough people have died. Uh, Let's just end this now, and they sign a peace treaty. Or the other way that these battles or wars can end is by just one side defeating the other. Uh, one side just routing, destroying, uh, and, and almost eradicating the other side. Uh, and so we see these battles, we see these wars that have happened throughout history. And tonight we're going to celebrate uh, the greatest victory in the greatest battle that was ever fought. You see, this battle didn't end with a bomb exploding. This battle didn't end with a treaty uh, of peace being signed. This battle ended, the greatest battle that ever has taken place, this battle ended with an empty tomb. The Lord Jesus Christ, who fought this battle against Satan, against his demons, uh, against all the forces of hell, he won this battle uh, by giving his life, by dying for all mankind. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ had a mission, if we want to use a military term. He had a mission when he came to earth. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. That, that which was lost in the Garden of Eden, that which was lost uh, in the beginning of man's uh, uh, existence, uh, the Lord came back to restore, to win back. That was his mission. Uh, and listen, uh, we understand that uh, the devil fought him every single step of the way. 
uh, the devil uh, tried to fight him. Uh, it, it says uh, it, when before he was even born, uh, you know, he uh, he's, he's trying to destroy uh, him. When he was born, uh, he sent Herod to try to kill uh, the, the children, the two years or under. Uh, he was trying to destroy him. Uh, he, he took him into the wilderness as he was led of the spirit and he tempted him, trying to uh, halt him, trying to stop him, trying to hinder his work and his mission. Of course, that didn't work. And then even uh, as 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 early or as late as I should say, as the Garden of Gethsemane, right before he's turned in and, and betrayed and, and, and crucified, uh, he's trying to discourage him to the point of making him want to quit. I thank God that the Lord Jesus Christ did not quit. I thank the Lord that the Lord Jesus Christ completed his mission uh, and he did die for the sins of the whole world. He died for your sins. He died for my sins. Uh, thank God that Satan failed at discouraging the Lord from accomplishing his mission. You see, after all the suffering, after all the torture, after all the physical pain, uh, his mission ended on the cross when the Lord Jesus Christ made the final payment for sin and he said the words, it is finished. It is finished. Aren't you glad that the Lord Jesus Christ did not say, uh, for those of us who grew up in the 80s, I don't know if they still do this to, uh, today. Uh, I grew up in the 80s, uh, and television shows in the 80s, many of them, not all, but many of them uh, would have more multiple uh, uh, shows that were, you know, part one, part two. And it would say at the end of that episode, it would say, to be continued. Y'all know what I'm talking about? To be continued. Man, that was so frustrating to me. I'm like, oh, I got to wait a whole other week before I can see what happens. And, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ didn't say, to be continued. He said, it is finished. It's complete. Uh, everything that has to be done for man to be saved has been done. Uh, everything that, that God required to be accomplished has been accomplished for man to be saved. You see, there, there are religions out there and there are people out there that believe that the Lord Jesus Christ made the down payment and we have to keep up the monthly installments. That's not the truth. The Lord Jesus Christ, uh, he made the down payment. Uh, he made the monthly installments. Uh, he finished the loan in full. He paid it completely. It is finished. So what exactly was finished on that hill called Calvary 2,000 years ago? What exactly? Okay, number one, if you have an outline and you'd like to take notes, uh, please do. Uh, prophecy was fulfilled. Okay, and, and I got in my notes here to apologize for the misspelling. All right. Uh, I um, there's a misspelling on the word prophecy. It's supposed to be with an, uh, a C and not an S. So it's not Joe's fault. Uh, it's actually my fault. Again, uh, it's a 14 year old mistake uh, that I never corrected. I apologize for that. Uh, but nonetheless, prophecy. Some of you are saying I would have never noticed, but I, I couldn't I couldn't leave Joe hanging out to dry. Anyway, uh, prophecy was fulfilled. Uh, letter A under point number one. Uh, his death was prophesied. His death was prophesied. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. Uh, this is God the Father speaking to the serpent in the garden. Uh, and it shall bruise thy head, referring to the seed of the woman, the seed of the woman. It shall bruise thy head uh, and thou shalt bruise his heel. In other words, uh, yes, you will injure him slightly. You will injure him in his heel, uh, but he's going to crush your head. Uh, he's going to destroy you. Uh, but that bruising of the heel is a reference to the death, the sacrifice of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Uh, it, we see several uh, prophecies being fulfilled that are mentioned here in John chapter 19. Uh, look at John chapter 19, verse number 23. Verse number 23. We see that uh, the death of the Messiah was prophesied in the beginning in, in the book of Genesis. We see in verse 23 of John 19. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified, Jesus took his garments and made four parts to every soldier a part and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam woven from the top throughout. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not rend it, but cast lots for it. Whose it shall be that look at what this phrase says that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith they parted my raiment among them. And for my vesture, they did cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. Uh, the Bible is teaching us that that was prophesied uh, hundreds of years ago before it actually happened in reference to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah dying on the cross. It comes from Psalm 22 and verse 18. Uh, where the Bible says they parted my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. So we see that his death was prophesied. Look at another prophecy here that we see fulfilled in John 19. Look at verse 28. Verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, here's that phrase again, that the scripture might be fulfilled, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Verse 29. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. Again, uh, this is fulfilling a prophecy from Psalm chapter 62 and verse number 21, where the Bible says, They gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. So we see that the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, the death of the Messiah, has been prophesied all throughout the Old Testament. Uh, we see that uh, his death was prophesied. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the Old Testament prophesied that the Messiah's death, uh, he would be associated uh, with criminals. Uh, he would be uh, uh, basically uh, clumped together uh, with, with robbers and criminals. Uh, in Isaiah chapter 53, the Bible says in verse number 12, Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he, and he, referring to the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. We see uh, the, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ was prophesied uh, in the Old Testament. We see letter B. Letter B, not only was his death prophesied, uh, we see his death was pictured. His death was, was pictured. Now, pastor's been teaching through uh, previously before uh, the, the pandemic and the quarantine. He was teaching through the, the book of Hebrews, uh, and, and it's a tremendous book. It's a beautiful book. Uh, and the times that we weren't in the, uh, uh, the, the uh, discipleship class and we were sitting in the auditorium, uh, pastor was doing a fantastic job. It was a, it was, it was a great uh, sermon series that he was teaching uh, through the book of Hebrews. But the book of Hebrews helps us understand that all of those Old Testament sacrifices – uh, all of those Old Testament uh, deaths of those animals, they all pictured the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of them were pointing to the Messiah. All of them were pointing to that future sacrifice uh, that God was going to send in his son, uh, God robing himself in flesh and coming to die for the sins of of the world. You see, because sin separates man from God, and God says in order for us to be reconciled, there must be a sacrifice. Uh, but they were uh, killing animals, and they were killing bullocks and goats and, and, and all these animals. And, and that restoration came in, but that restoration was temporary. Uh, if they, they went back and sinned some more, they'd have to kill another animal. 
Uh, and then they, they would restore that relationship with God temporarily. And they'd send some more, and they'd have to kill another animal. Uh, but listen, the, the Lord Jesus Christ, he died once and for all. Once and for all. He died never to die again. Uh, and, and we just celebrated the resurrection, Easter. Uh, he rose again. Uh, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. And listen, he died. He was the perfect sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice, the last sacrifice. Uh, we see this uh, in Genesis chapter number 22. I love this chapter. I love this story of Abraham uh, having to take Isaac to Mount Moriah, where God says, I'm going to test you. I'm going to prove you. I'm going to see if you're sincere. Uh, and he says, take your son, your one and only son, and the, one, the son that you've waited for for 25 years. Uh, Pastor and I were discussing this in his office uh, uh, earlier today. Uh, and not only did he wait for him 25 years, then he spent, you know, at least uh, 10 to 15 years fellowshipping with him. Now, after he waited, after he had all that time to grow close to him, God's saying, kill him? What? He's, I'm going to test you. I'm going to prove you. He takes his son up there, and, and, he, and he binds him, and then he's taking the knife to, to kill his son. And remember what the Bible says in Genesis 22 and verse 8? Uh, we, he saw the, the, uh, the, the, the ram caught in the thicket. Uh, the Bible says in verse 8, and don't miss this. Don't miss this. This is huge. Uh, especially uh, because in some versions of the Bible, it doesn't say this. It says God will provide himself a lamb. God will, listen, not just that God will provide a lamb, not just that God will provide the lamb, but God himself will be the lamb. You remember when John the Baptist first saw the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, Behold the lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Listen, if your version, quote unquote, of the Bible doesn't say that God will provide himself a lamb, it does not teach that God himself will be the sacrifice. The Lord Jesus Christ, his name is Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And we see that. We see, we see this in the Passover. Uh, the death angel were, was to come, uh, and they were to take a, 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 a male lamb. They were to take a, a firstborn male lamb. They were to take a firstborn male lamb that was perfect, without blemish, without spot. They were to take that lamb uh, and they were to kill that lamb and take the blood of that lamb and apply it to the lentil and doorposts of their house. Uh, I love the fact that they're applying it to the, the lentil and doorposts of their house, the lentil and doorposts of their house. And as they apply the, the blood, they're basically making the shape of a cross, the lentil and doorposts of the house. And listen, it prophesied of the, the Passover, our Passover, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we see this over and over and over again. The scapegoat. The scapegoat was another picture of the, the, the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, where the priest was to take two goats. Uh, he was to kill one goat uh, and, and, and take that goat and, and apply the blood of that goat to, uh, to, to, to the, the altar and apply the, the blood of that goat uh, and take it into the mercy seat. Uh, and then he was to take another goat, a second goat, and he was to confess the sins of the people and release that goat out into the wilderness. Uh, the Bible says it this way in Leviticus chapter 16 and verse 21. And Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions and all their sins, putting them upon the head of the goat and shall send him away. 
Uh, basically sending away, getting rid of, uh, picturing uh, the removal of sin and the consequences of sin, removing the sin uh, and send him away by the hand. And this is humorous to me. It says by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. If I lived in the Old Testament, they would not choose me uh, to take the goat out into the wilderness. Uh, They would say, no, you are not fit. I would say, wait a second, I'm in shape. Round is a shape. Anyway, uh, amen, Pastor. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) We see this pictured over and over and over. The death of the Lord Jesus Christ was prophesied, was pictured. Uh, How about another one? Another example. Uh, Remember when uh, those serpents were coming and uh, they were infesting Israel and they were biting the Israelites and some were dying. And and they go to Moses and say, Moses, help us. We got these these snakes, these serpents here. Uh, And and Moses goes to the Lord and he says, the Lord responds to him and says, make a, a serpent of brass. Make a serpent of brass. Put it on a pole uh, and, and, and hold that pole. And everyone that's bitten, if they, look, if they look at that serpent of brass, if they look at the brazen serpent, they'll live. This is where we get the song, look and live, my brother live. Uh, because the Lord Jesus Christ is pictured, uh, John chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We see that prophecy was fulfilled when the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross. Uh, Let's look at number two. Number two, we see that policing was finished. Policing was finished. What do I mean by policing? I mean that uh, the stress uh, of the law, uh, the ordinances uh, of the commandments, the condemnation and the constraints uh, of of the the precepts, listen, they existed with the law. Uh, There's a lot of Thou shalt and thou shalt not when it comes to the law, uh, and it's hard to keep them. Would you all agree? Nod your head at home if you agree. It's hard to keep the commandments. Uh, it's, it's constraining. Uh, it, it's condemning. Uh, it's, it's difficult. Listen, all of that is gone. That policing that the law brung, brings, brings to us, it's gone. Uh, when the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross, we have freedom in Christ. Uh, we're delivered in Christ. Uh, we no longer have to live under the bondage of the law because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, the Bible says this, And you being dead in your sins and the, uh, the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Amen to that. Verse 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. That handwriting of ordinances was against us. Listen, I thank God for the law because it's the schoolmaster that brings me to Christ, makes me understand I can't be holy enough. I can't be good enough. But I'm glad that he came to be good enough and holy enough for me. Amen. And so uh, it says, which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. I like to put it this way. Religion and the law says do, do, do. The cross of Christ says done. Religion says do. The cross says it's done. Religion says keep this. The cross says I've already kept it. Religion says you have to do this. The Lord Jesus Christ says it's finished. I've already done it. Man, it brings me peace to know that I don't have to worry about me keeping it, me doing it. Uh, He's already done it for me. Uh, Pioneers who settled the American West often had to travel for days at a time across miles and miles of plains. These plains were nothing but grass. Uh, Obviously, this this 
territory was not settled yet. And, and so while these pioneers considered mountain ranges to be difficult to pass and treacherous to cross, they dreaded the plains even more than the mountains. Uh, it wasn't the Indians that they were afraid of. It wasn't the prairie wolves. It, it wasn't the rattlesnakes. Uh, it wasn't even the summer heat that they were concerned about. Uh, that's not what they feared. What they feared was fires that would be started by lightning, lightning fires. The high and tall grass on the plains was often so dry that lightning could ignite a small fire. That the wind eventually would spread that small fire across the dry plains really quickly. These fires would engulf everything and everyone in its path. Many of these pioneers died on their journeys across the plains simply because they, were, they couldn't outrun the fire. And so after many tragic journeys, the pioneers developed a method of avoiding disaster from these fires. Uh, uh, this method is still used today. Whenever they saw smoke from a lightning fire in the distance, uh, they would go downwind from their wagons and, and from their animals, and, and then they would go downwind and set the, the planes down there on fire. And so the wind would then push that fire and burn the grass downwind from them. Uh, once the grass was burned, they would move their horses, they would move their wagons across that land that was already scorched, and when the fire, the, the fire that was raging towards them would reach them, it had nothing to sustain it. So it would die off. Uh, and you see, uh, they were in a surf, safe rather circle of burned grass. What they were doing was fighting fire with fire. Listen, the wages of sin is death. And God came to earth in, in the form of the Lord Jesus Christ and he fought death. With death, He fought the, 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 the penalty of sin. He fought it by allowing himself to die. Uh, he fought death with death. Praise the Lord. We no longer have to worry about the penalty of sin, uh, the consequences of sin. If we're saved, if we've trusted in Christ as our Savior, we don't have that, that, that arching enemy over us, uh, that, that burden over us because he has finished the work. We see prophecy was fulfilled on the cross. We see policing was finished on the cross. And then lastly, number three, we see payment was final. Payment was final. Look at John chapter 19 and verse number 30. John 19 and verse 30. The Bible says, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. He could relinquish his life. He could allow his human life to expire because now the work was complete. And now the mission was done. Uh, you see, uh, he didn't have his life taken from him. He gave it willingly. In John chapter 10, verse 17 and 18, uh, the Bible says this, Therefore doth my father love me, the Lord Jesus Christ speaking here, because I lay down my life that I might take it again. Verse 18 of John 10, No man taketh it from me. But I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. Listen, he was ready to relinquish his earthly life because that was the final complete payment for our sin. You ever been there where you made the final payment on a loan? What a good feeling. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that car payment. Uh, for some, that mortgage payment. 
Uh, for others, uh, you know, payment on, on furniture or something else. Man, you're like, oh, I'm so glad I don't have to pay that payment anymore. What a weight is released. What a burden is, is relinquished when we make that final, final payment. The debt is satisfied. Uh, we no longer have to give that creditor large portions of our income. It's done. Christ's death on the cross was the final payment. It is finished. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 10, the Bible says, By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. He takes that stamp where it says paid in full. You don't have to worry about anything else. Uh, Yes, you have to be concerned about your walk with God and and your personal relationship day to day. But as far as eternity, uh, as far as salvation, uh, as far as heaven or hell, that's covered. That's done. All you have to do is believe and receive. And you're in, man. It's free for us. I I love the fact that uh, Psalm 103 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions. From us as far, I mean, in total opposite directions, as far as the east is from the west. I love Isaiah 38, which says uh, verse 17, which says, behold, for peace, I had great bitterness, but thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption. For thou hast cast all my sins. Listen now, all my sins behind thy back. Now, wait a second. God has cast all my sins behind his back. God is omniscient, or God is omnipresent. He's omniscient too, but he's omnipresent, which means he's everywhere. Uh, he's here, he's there, he's everywhere. Uh, what, where is God's back? It's gone. There is no place that's behind God's back. Uh, he, our sins are gone. Uh, he has totally removed them. I like what, what Micah 7.19 says. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. And thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths. Of the sea, the depths of the sea. I mean, as far as the east is from the west, behind his back, they're gone. They disappear in the depths of the sea where no one can bring them back up. I love Isaiah 43 and verse 25 where it says, I, even I am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake and will not remember. He will not remember thy sins. Aren't you glad that God forgives completely? We you know what we do? He, he casts our sins into the, the depths of the sea, but, and, and you know, we try to fish them back up. And, and God says, he puts a sign out there that says, no fishing. Amen? No fishing. They're gone. It's over. They're forgiven. They're forgotten. Uh, they're blotted out. Now let's go back to our story about Jocelyn. Jocelyn was a very young girl at the time. She enjoyed wildlife. She still does to this day. And she enjoyed shopping at thrift shops, thrift stores, and she liked buying uh, uh, deer heads and deer animals and, and all kinds of little knickknacks about, uh, of animals. And she begged me to go to that, that thrift shop that was near our house at the time. And, and Ryan's Relic, she wanted to go. She wanted to go. We finally gave in to go, and she found a, a deer head. She found a deer head that was ceramic, small thing, and it cost $10.95. And I said to her, I said, if you can afford it, if you can purchase it, go ahead. Well, she realized that she didn't have enough money to buy it. But, man, she really, really, really wanted that deer head. 
I told her, hey, well, you don't have enough money, and so uh, you're going to have to go home and maybe save up, maybe save up some allowance or, or maybe work some odd jobs and, and earn some extra money and, and then come back when you have enough money to buy it. Uh, and, of course, you know, uh, she, she gave me the, the puppy eyes and the poochy lip and the sob story of, well, Dad, it may not be here when I come back. And those of you that have daughters, you know, uh, I gave in, of course. I couldn't couldn't say no to her. And so I eventually gave in and I bought that deer for her. Listen, you and I are just like Jocelyn. Our resources were low. We, We were at our rope's end. We couldn't afford to pay the payment for our sin ourselves. Unlike Jocelyn, uh, we couldn't go and gather up more good works. Uh, we couldn't go and do more good deeds to make up the difference in our lack of resources or our lack of righteousness. But the Lord Jesus Christ in his mercy, in his love, he looked at us and he said, I know you can't afford it. I know you can't pay for it. But man, I love you. I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. That's what I did with Jocelyn. I said, I love this girl. I, I want her to be happy. I want to please her. I want to give this to her. I want to buy this for her. And, and I had the resources that she did not have. I had the money that she did not have. I had the ability that she did not have. The Lord Jesus Christ looks at you and he looks at me. They can't do it. It's impossible. They don't have the resources. They don't have what it takes. And so he decided to pay the price for us. The cross still says to us tonight, it is finished. Not to be continued. Uh, he, he posts a sign in the depths of the sea at no fishing. Uh, don't go and dig them back up. They're forgiven. They're as far as the east is from the west. Uh, he's thrown them behind his back. He's thrown them in the sea of forgiveness. They're gone. They're gone. Let's make sure that we apply that final payment to our account. Those of you listening tonight that are saved, you've applied that final payment. Listen, let's, let's live in the freedom that we have in Christ. Let's not be like the Galatian believers who began in the spirit and then they tried to make themselves perfect in the flesh. No, 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 no. The Lord has done all that needs to be done for us to have not only salvation, but freedom and abundance and a good and, and healthy relationship with God. Let's live in that. It is finished. Let's buy together for a word of prayer. Father, Lord, we do thank you. Lord, our hearts are grateful. Lord, we're, we're overwhelmed with gratitude. Lord, over all that you have done for us. You've done for us what we could not do for ourselves. Lord, you've done for us what we could not do in a thousand lifetimes is pay the penalty of sin. Thank you for that. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for experiencing our death for experiencing our hell for us. And thank you, Lord, for conquering it, uh, for raising, rising victoriously over that, and, Lord, giving to us that wonderful gift of eternal life. Lord, we do pray now that you would help us to be faithful to you, not not because we're trying to pay you back or not because we're trying to uh, uh, do good deeds to look good in your sight, Lord, but just because we love you. Just because you're good to us and you deserve our worship. You deserve our praise. Thank you again, dear God, for this reminder in John 19. The price has been paid. 
of the debt has been settled. We have freedom in you. We do love you, Lord. We pray now that you would dismiss us with your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray.